nothing brings family members closer together than story time. Whether that's at night when you're getting ready to tuck someone into bed. I mean, how many kids don't really fall asleep until a story has been read to them, right? I know my kids grew up that way. Welcome to Ready for Reading, a podcast from United Through Reading, dedicated to helping military families grow stronger together through the magic of reading. I'm Josie Beats. When you move around a lot, like we military families tend to do, there are a lot of moving pieces and challenges in each new location and in each stage of military family life. My kids are 10 and 12 now, and they handle the change differently than they did when they were smaller. At each new duty station, I've had new challenges too. Our most recent move just this past summer was the first where we had the real heartbreak of saying goodbye to friends and neighbors we'd grown to love over time. It was so hard for all of us. But I was thankful to have tools like Military OneSource to call on when I needed extra help and to have reading as a routine to fall back on to help us through all that change. And so I was thrilled to speak with Patty Barron, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Military Community and Family Policy, about the programs and resources like Military OneSource that her office provides to help strengthen military families. Patty understands the world of military families because she herself is a military spouse. We talked about her journey to becoming the Deputy Assistant Secretary, the resources the DOD provides, how they are working hard on technology to make accessing these resources even easier, and how books played a role in raising her military kids. Now, before we get into the interview, one thing to go over. You military families know how we love our alphabet soup in the military, acronyms that make quick shorthand for each other. We're going to try and make sure we don't use too many of these in our episodes this season, but I wanted to go over some of the acronyms that you'll hear today. First, DASD, or DASD. That's Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, and that's Patty's title. Next, QRIS. That is Quality Rating and Improvement System, a system that assesses preschool and school-age care and education programs. Then, MFLC, or MFLEC. Military Family and Life Counseling Program. MFLEX supports service members, families, and survivors with non-medical counseling, both on and off the installation. Trained specifically to work with the military community, they deliver face-to-face counseling services, briefings, and presentations to the military community. DSLO, Defense State Liaison Office. The Defense State Liaison Office provides state-level policymakers with expert insight on issues affecting military families and their quality of life. And finally, MSJDN. The Military Spouse JD Network is a bar association for military spouses who are also lawyers. I think you're gonna love this conversation and leave with a lot of new resources at your fingertips. Take a listen. I am so excited to be here today with Mrs. Patricia Barron, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Military Community and Family Policy. Patty, I am so excited to talk to you today, not just about United Through Reading and how reading can bring families together, but also about how reading has been a part of your military family life. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what led to you becoming the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for military, community, and family policy? 
Oh, Josie, thank you so much for that intro. And it's so good to see you. I will tell you that I'm an Army spouse. My husband served for 30 years active duty. I was alongside for the entire 30-year ride. And I never really envisioned landing in this place as the DASD of military community and family policy. But I've always been one to get involved. And even from the early days when he was a young lieutenant, I was all in with battalion activities and whatnot. Um, A while ago, when the war first broke out, Operation Enduring Freedom and then Iraqi Freedom, I had an epiphany where I was feeling that I wasn't doing enough. And I was seeing so much heartache out there. And I thought, I need to do more. And I stumbled across the National Military Family Association. And I volunteered. And uh, they got to know me and got to know my skills. And when a job opened up, I applied and I was selected. I was thrilled. And that was my entry into the advocacy world, which was way back in 2003-ish. Since then, I've always been very vocal and supportive of the challenges and issues that military families face, mainly because although they're a bit different in terms of how young families look at things now, the issues are still the same. You know, in my day, I still had challenges with employment, with childcare, with moving, with getting kids introduced to new settings, <laughs> making sure they were making friends, that they had somebody to eat with at lunch, you know, all of those kinds of things. But I just kind of really kept going in my advocacy experience until I got to the Association of the United States Army and I actually was in a leadership position as a director of family readiness. And somehow or another, I built a reputation of being someone that does care very much about our families. And I had the honor of being asked to serve in this capacity. I jumped on it. But I want to tell you, it was a very hard decision because it was so foreign to me as a military spouse that's been a very traditional military spouse to find myself as a political appointee working in the Department of Defense. (laughs) That was quite a stretch for me, but I'm very happy that I said yes. And, And that's how it all happened, actually. Well, we are also happy that you said yes, and that we have someone who's been such a wonderful advocate for military families and military kids for such a long time. What does it mean to you to be the DASD for military community and family policy? What does that entail? You know, I can answer that question two ways, uh, both on a kind of a professional level, the job description piece, if you will, and then just on a personal level and what it means to me, actually. At Military Community and Family Policy, we really do focus on quality of life issues. There's many of them, as you all know, but some of them would be childcare, financial readiness, spouse employment, career support, morale, welfare, recreation. Believe it or not, we even look at casualty and mortuary affairs and military one source, the military family life consultants, on and on. Those are the types of things that we work on here at MCNFP. And I have to say, I have the most amazing staff and the most dedicated and amazing directors that really make my job super easy because they are high quality, very experienced, very knowledgeable directors that understand the life and understand what they're trying to do to move the needle forward so that our families can have a better quality of life. Personally, I want to harken back to my original major in college, which was, I was a double major. I majored in nursing and I majored in psychology. And the reasons being is that I've always been a person that cares about helping and serving people. I would have been a great nun. Let me just say that. I I would have been a great (laughs) nun, (laughs) but I met my husband and there went that idea. But really just serving and supporting people is where my heart is. And certainly this job allows me to do that. The hardest part about being the DASD is that 
we know so much about what the challenges are, and there's only so much that can be done within a certain period of time. But I have to say that this administration, this particular Department of Defense, led by the Secretary of Defense, you know, Secretary Austin, they really are forward thinkers, and they really are trying to cut red tape and try to get us to, yes, much quicker than I think any other administration has in the past. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of the fact that we are trying to move the needle forward quicker than we have, maybe not as quickly as people would like. But trust me, things have happened in a speedier sense than they have in the past. Patty, tell us your perspective on military families and how being a military spouse, being a military mom has shaped your views. Josie, as you know, uh, this is an amazing life, but it can also be a very challenging life. And I would say that my views have been shaped by my own experiences, but really now they're being shaped by the experiences of people like you, my daughter, who is a military spouse herself, and so many younger families that I've had the pleasure and honor of getting to know. This is just a hard life in the sense that there's so much transition. I think the big T (laughs) is what I call it. And transitions of moving constantly, reimagining yourself in a career many times like I did. Also, just even new relationships with people and friends and just being a part of a community that sometimes you fit into and sometimes you don't, depending on where you go and and what you do and what your views are at the time. So all of these things have absolutely shaped my perspective on the challenges that military families face and also shaped my views on how to support them in the best way possible. And I would tell you, one of the things that I feel incredibly um, proud of is that we try really hard to listen to listen to what's currently happening to our families and to listen to what they're telling us on what works and what doesn't. That is something that I brought with me when I came to this job is making sure that the voices of military families were being heard loud and clear. And I think the word's gotten out because we do get an awful lot of folks that reach out to us and talk to us about a lot of different things. I'm really, really grateful that you're exploring tools for bonding. I really feel that that's something that's never tangible enough for families. How do you connect with other people? How do you connect with your community? How do you feel a part of something when you're moving around so many times? And, you know, and sometimes in the sense of you might be at a different life point in one location. And then, for instance, if you've just had a new baby in one installation, and now that baby is three years old and you're having to find all sorts of new things for the toddler as opposed to an infant and new mom friends to kind of handle that situation with. So I would say that along with the work that we've done on listening to families and making sure that we're providing the right resources, we also realize that there are so many resources out there that can it can get a little bit cumbersome to try to find them. And we're working really, really hard on technology and in our communication strategy to make accessing our resources much, much easier because there's a plethora of them. But if you don't know where to find them, they're not very helpful. And I'm really proud of our team that's working on that. And we're going to be doing more of that and you'll see it in the near future. But what I would say too, that if there's something that you need right now for your listening audience, if something's on their mind, something that you need, something that you're worried about, or you just need some guidance on where to find almost anything, please, please, please consider calling Military One Source, which is a 24-7 call support line at 1-800-342-9647 
or you can go online to militaryonesource.mil and find the information that you need there. I'm really proud of everything that we put on Military One Source, and we keep not only adding to it, but really kind of just streamlining it so that the information that you need is at your fingertips. You know, our family went through a PCS this summer, and my kids, the last time that we did this, were little, and you could just sort of pick them up and put them places, you know? And now they're like fully... I call them fully realized adults because they're way too old for me, but they have thoughts and feelings. And we definitely have called military one source, <laughs> not not just in history, but in the past six weeks and have gotten some great referrals to the military family life counselors. And, you know, it's so important as families that we use the resources that are available to us. And so I am proud of that because I knew that we needed help. And uh, I'm lucky enough that I knew where to find it. So I'm really excited that we're highlighting that today. Josie, thank you so much for saying that. One, I'm thrilled that you were able to find good support. And two, that's a great point because Military One Source is available to every family member, including our kids. And we do have Military Family Life counselors that are at the installation level. But even by calling Military One Source, we can connect you to, you know, counselors, therapists, life coaches, you name it that works specifically with younger children or tweens and adolescents. So thank you for saying that. Oh my gosh, no, it's my favorite. I actually have it as a contact in my phone. (laughs) That's great. So that I can text it to people when they're like, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. And I was like, talk to a professional. Well, and so this brings up a great perspective. Why does the DOD focus on support for military families and what tools do they have, including Military OneSource? Great question. And one that is an easy answer, but a complicated answer. The Department of Defense understands that in order to retain a good service member that's been trained well, has gotten experience, and is really a part of the entire military machine, they also have to be supportive of the family that either comes with them or is developed along the way, if you will. And the reason being is that a service member can't go do the job that they're supposed to do if they're worried about their family at home. I think you and I both know that many times when my husband was deployed, he would call and I would just pretend everything was fine when things were not fine at all. You know, there was all sorts of chaos going on in my house, but I didn't want to worry him because I figured he had enough on his hand when he was, you know, in harm's way. The military tries to think about or the department tries to think about, well, what are some of the challenges that our families face and what can we do specifically to help them with it? I think one of the biggest challenges is childcare. Childcare for when you're a dual military couple, you know, you absolutely have to find a place to leave your child and you want that place to be safe and healthy and educational for your kid. If you're a single military parent, but also if you're a dual income family, childcare is just essential. The challenge with childcare right now is that it's not just something that's challenging within the military community, it's challenging outside the gate too. I mean, we've had over COVID a, a huge reduction in childcare staff across the country. And so we are feeling those same effects that our civilian counterparts are feeling. But we're really thinking quite a bit outside the box to try to provide more opportunities, more options. And one of them, and I'm really, really excited to talk about is something called Military Child Care in Your Neighborhood Plus. And what Military Child Care in Your Neighborhood Plus is, 
is an opportunity for us to work with states that have quality improvement rating systems. In the past, in order to use the military fee assistance program, you had to have a nationally accredited center to work with, but the nationally accredited centers are not as plentiful. Therefore, we needed to find another way to ensure that our safety and our health and the things that we know are important to childcare, the standards that we're not going to minimize are found in other places. And this QRIS program that many, many states have does that. They take centers that are willing to up their standards and they bring them through the process to get to higher levels of quality. And we work with those states. And when those centers get to ratings three or four, then they're ready to receive fee assistance dollars from us. And that opens up many more options and many more spots for families. We're We've made a huge push to get more states on board right now. I think we have about four or five, but we recently did a webinar where we invited 43 states, all of them that had QRIS programs, to join us, and 31 states plus the District of Columbia did. And so we're really, really hopeful that this is going to be something that's going to open up so much more across the country. So fingers crossed there. I want to shift and talk a little bit about reading. You know, here at United Through Reading, we're all about how reading helps your family connect and helps your family be a healthy and ready military family. One of the things that we focus on is literacy among military children. And I wanted to know both from your professional experience and from your personal experience about the importance of reading, particularly within military families and to military kids. So Josie, first I have to say that, you know, I am a huge fan of United Through Reading. I mean, I just love the concept. I love the mission of UTR. And I would say that nothing brings family members closer together than story time whether that's at night when you're getting ready to tuck someone into bed. I mean, how many kids don't really fall asleep until a story has been read to them, right? I know my kids grew up that way. And the hardest part about story time or reading at bedtime is when you've got more than one child and you're used to kind of dividing and conquering. You take the older one today, I'll take the younger one, and then you switch. But when that service member is deployed or not in the area because they're training or whatever it happens to be, you're on your own and you've got to do all that for all the kiddos that are waiting to get tucked in and and get their story read. And so I think that what United Through Reading does is that it creates that connection, again, that bonding time with that parent that might not be there. And it could be a very, very special time for that child when they have, you know, nowadays you can record something and look at it on an iPhone or an iPad, not like the old days when you had to put in a a VHS (laughs) and put it into a, I don't even know if your audience knows about those VHS recordings, but nowadays the kids can actually hang onto a phone or an iPad and and watch their parent that's not there read to them and they have the same book and it's, it's amazing. It's a strong, strong, strong connection to that parent and also to literacy. I want to tell you a little story about myself. So I'm from another country and I came to the United States when I was six. I didn't know how to speak English. And the one thing that I did was, I mean, I was put into an all English speaking classroom, so I had to learn rather quickly. But that's where my love of reading started because that's how I learned the words that I needed to learn to communicate. I never, ever, ever stopped reading. And I tried really hard to pass on that love of reading to my children. And my youngest, well, they all are great readers. They're all avid readers. As a matter of fact, my oldest is 
just graduated with a master's in fine arts from NYU. And he is writing his first novel. So hopefully it's going to be great. So obviously reads voraciously. My daughter does too. And she makes sure that a lot of the books are in different languages because the story that I tell about how I learned how to speak English, she'll use picture books in Spanish or in German, you know, depending on where they are. And then my youngest, from the time that he could even think, he was looking at picture books and he actually started to always look at pictures of frogs and salamanders and snakes. Oh boy. (laughs) Well, fast forward now, he's a herpetologist and uh, that is his passion. He's a biologist and it all started with way back when. That's what he gravitated towards and we read those books with him. So I think the impact that it has on kids is enormous, especially when a parent can, both parents can read to them. On military families in particular, I think, again, uh, that connection and having books that are part of the family comfort. We've all traveled to different places, but we make sure that when we PCS, there are certain books in those backpacks that our kids have that we know they love. For us, when we were traveling, it was always the Bernstein Bears. We always had Bernstein Bears books in the backpacks because the kids love that series. And I would imagine that now, you know, parents have uh, different series that kids always have to have handy because it reminds them that things can change a lot, but there's still things that will never change. I love that story about your son and how reading was what got him into science. You know, we preach from the mountaintops that reading is a building block to the success in our STEM fields. And, you know, we talk a lot about STEM and how we need folks to get more involved in science and technology. And reading is where you start, you know. And so at United Through Reading, we are very focused on that, particularly over summer. And so we actually offer STEM books over summer that focus on biology topics or engineering topics. And it's part of the books that we offer families and the part of the books that we send to our story stations across the country. So that is perfect. Evidence in action of your son. That's so exciting. You know, one of the things that I did want to mention that we did this summer with the Department of Defense was United Through Reading was a part of the MWR Library Summer Reading Program that was all about adventure and read beyond the beaten path and We had UTR books at MWR libraries. We had events that we were at all over the country and that we took our mobile story station van to. So it was just another way that we were able to reach folks. And please also tell your daughter, we have books in Spanish that we offer that military families can go on our website and request for free so that they can have that version in that language to help kids learn language skills that will help them in the future. Absolutely. And we are thrilled that United Through Reading is part of the DOD MWR Library Summer Reading Program. I don't know what we would do without you all. It's a great program. And I think our families truly, truly love it. We had some great testimonials this summer. And United Through Reading and Libraries is like a match made in heaven. So we knew it was something that we had to be involved in. Just a couple more questions. How does the DOD view the importance of reading as a family in particular? I know the summer reading program with the MWR libraries is a strong component of that. But what else is that the DOD is focused on when it comes to families reading together? I think we're trying to make it as easy as possible. And as a matter of fact, in the past, MWR libraries had different offerings and different websites, you know, depending on the service. 
But we realized, you know, we needed to centralize all that great information, all access to all those amazing books. And so now we have a one-stop shop, dodmwrlibraries.org, dodmwrlibraries.org. And you can go there and it centralizes all the resources, makes it so much easier for families, you know, to find what they need. And finally, what's the most important thing you want military families to know? Thanks for that question, Josie. Here's what I want people to know, that the Department of Defense really, truly cares. It doesn't feel like that sometimes. It's such a huge, huge enterprise, and you could get lost in some of the things that don't go well. But there's an awful lot of things that can go well with the resources that we provide. And again, the constant listening to our families. We really, truly try hard to listen and adjust where possible. But I tell you that at the highest levels, starting with Secretary Austin, all the way down to the folks that do all the grunt work, if you will, people work incredibly hard because they know and they understand and they have that picture in the back of their mind of who it is that they're working for. And I think that's the message that I want to get across is we truly care and we listen and we want to hear from you so that we can do things better. Well, thank you for that, Patty. I appreciate it. I know with you in the position that you are in, in the Military Community and Family Policy Shop as the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Defense, we know that you're listening and we really, really appreciate it. And I know I said that was my last question, but I actually have one more. You talked about the books that you read through PCSs that you tucked into the backpacks. Is there a favorite book that you can remember from when your kids were little that you read together that you have a particular memory from? Again, the Bernstein Bears comes to mind because there were so many little different stories. I think one of them was The Bernstein Bears, The Trouble with School, something like that. It was a great book to read as summer was ending and we were getting ready to go to school because it reminded the kids that they've been here before. You know, they've been here before. It's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be okay. So that was one that I really did enjoy reading. I think I need to read that to be reminded that I'm going to be okay at the beginning of the school year, because sometimes I forget too (laughs) (laughs) that it's an adjustment for us all. So, well, thank you so much, Patty. We appreciate you and all that you do within the Department of Defense. Thank you, Josie. It's wonderful to see you. And again, thank you to United Through Reading, one of my favorite organizations of all time. I hope you found that conversation as insightful as I did. Thanks so much to Patty Barron for joining me on the show. You can find more about her and the Office of the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Military, Community, and Family Policy in our show notes. And you could find links to the many resources we discussed and more in the show notes as well. On behalf of United Through Reading, thank you to our military families. For more information on how you can start your reading routine with your family, go to utr.org slash podcast. You can also download our reading app while you're there. On the next episode, you'll hear from UTR's own Molly Haskin on what reading looks like at different stages in your kids' lives and tips for reading as a family at each stage. Ready for Reading is a podcast by United Through Reading, a nonprofit organization that's been connecting military families through the power of shared story time since 1989. This show was produced by Stacey Rain at Rain Communication with editing by Sandra Levy-Smith. Thanks for listening.